from the inkwells of Noir. To the digital screens of today. The kids present the comic book character of the month. Now, do you still want to know what's going on? Yes. Isn't it obvious, Dream King? No. I've quit. You've... I'm sorry. There is some trick here, some stratagem, some ruse. No. I've stopped. I've resigned. I'm leaving. The Sandman. An audible original produced in association with DC. From the DC publications written by Neil Gaiman. Dramatized and directed for audio by Dirk Max. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we are profiling our comic book character of the month, Lucifer, from the Sandman series. And this was a listen and read along with the Sandman Act Two. This is the follow-up to last year's New York Times best-selling audio production of Neil Gaiman's iconic fantasy comic. And it was released in September of 2021. And no better time than during our Vertigo Month here to have this celebration of this landmark work. Dirk Miggs adapted this for Audible. And in this next chapter, Neil Gaiman comes back to be our narrator. James McAvoy returns back in his role as Dream, Kat Dennings as Death, Michael Sheen as Lucifer, and Andy Serkis as Matthew the Raven. This collects three graphic novels from the Sandman collection, specifically novels four, five, and six in the series. And in today's review, I would like to review, in my humble estimation, although all three of these books are fantastic, and I read all three, listened fully to all of Sandman Act 2, and it is a spectacular, spectacular work, and I loved it as much as Act 1, which chronicled the first three books within the graphic novel series here for Sandman, collecting these works. But my favorite story within Sandman of the earlier works happens to be Season of Mists. And this starts out this audio drama. Seasons of Mists collects Sandman issues 21 through 28. And they were published from December of 1990 to July of 1991. This is an amazing audio adaptation of this work. And the premise behind this one is that an endless family meeting happens, descending almost immediately into a family argument. Desire angers Morpheus by taunting him about his intolerant treatment of his former lover, Nada. And the story is formed within this prologue to this collection. We had listened and read in Dollhouse, found out about this love affair here between Dream and Nada. Death then angers him further, meaning Dream, 
by agreeing with Desire. And Morpheus' immense respect for death leads him to really consider her assessment as he wouldn't consider Desire's. He eventually cedes to her wisdom in the matter, and Morpheus leaves his realm, his realm of dream, to travel to hell, where he imprisoned Nada some 10,000 years previously. His goal? Well, quite simply, release her. Having left Lucifer Morningstar, Lord of Hell, very angry with him the last time he ventured there, and that happened in Preludes and Nocturnes, and if you'll recall from that story, he was there to retrieve his possessions, and Morpheus is apprehensive about this task now in confronting Lucifer, but he sets about it, and wanting to do what is right, he prepares for a confrontation which he knows he may lose. Preparing for his possible death, he says goodbye to the dreams, meets and names Daniel Hall and finally Hob Gadling in his dreams. Cain is sent by Dream to inform Lucifer of Dream's impending arrival, almost a herald of sorts. Recognizing that Cain is protected by God's mark and cannot be destroyed, he proceeds to mock and torture Cain as they briefly travel through hell. Morpheus's apprehension is somewhat misplaced, and as he arrives, Lucifer is busy closing down hell. Morpheus follows Lucifer around in a state of bafflement and bewilderment before Lucifer finally persuades him that this is not an elaborate trick, that he indeed intends to leave hell and he is obligations as its lord forever. Morpheus, still bewildered by this, says to Lucifer that he just can't imagine this place without him. But before Lucifer's final act of leaving, he is to eject any demon or damned soul still lingering, lock all the portals to hell, and cut off his wings. He then hands the key to hell to Morpheus, to do with as he will. Such action is noted by Lucifer as having the potential to benefit or ruin Morpheus, depending on Morpheus's choices. Morpheus, who has no wish to rule hell and a piece of real estate, quickly discovers that there are numerous entities who want to control hell. Matter of fact, it's a who's who of the pantheon of gods. To prevent his enemies from controlling it, begins to entertain them and kind of delay them somehow until he can figure things out. First, Odin pays him a visit and wishes to control Hell in order to avoid Ragnarok, and travels to the Dreaming with two other members of the Norse pantheon, namely Loki and Thor. Anubis, Bast, and Bess from the ancient Egyptian pantheon wish to trade information in exchange for the key to Hell. Susano Ono Mikito, a storm god of the Shinto pantheon, travels as an individual deity and not as a representative of Shinto gods. He wishes to add hell to a new underworld controlled by his family, which has been formed by assimilating other lesser pantheons as well as objects of worship, including, he says, Marilyn Monroe. Azazel, a demon, arrives with two other demons who held great power in the old hell. Choronazon, here described as the former Duke of the Eighth Circle, and Merkin, the mother of spiders. Azazel had previously ruled hell in a triumvirate, another demon, and Lucifer, although Lucifer tells Morpheus that this was only part of a game he played, and Azazel demands that Morpheus hand him the key. In exchange, Azazel offers to hand over 
over Nada, whom he now holds, as well as the demon Chorozon, who had previously dueled Morpheus. Order and Chaos also arrive. Order is the guise of an empty cardboard box carried by a floating djinn-like being, while Chaos appears in the form of a small girl in clown makeup. Order offers to trade the dreams of the newly dead, while Chaos simply threatens Morpheus before offering a balloon. Two representatives from the Fae, or the Fairy, Clarkron and his sister Nuala, appear to Morpheus to give control of hell to no one. Clarkon offers his sister as a gift to Dream Lord in the name of the Fairy Queen. Two angels are also present, Duma, the Angel of Silence, and Remiel, who presented as the angel of those who rise. The angels have been sent to simply observe. Much to Morpheus's chagrin, the interested parties promptly convene in the castle of the center of the dreaming. Here, many characters who have parts to play later in the series are introduced. After much bargaining, weeding bribery, trickery, drunkenness, and threatening behavior, Morpheus manages to get rid of hell without much anger from the other participants. He gives it to a pair of angels sent by God. After Rimiel lay a message claiming hell, Dream then frees Nada. He apologizes to her, and though he still loves her, she chooses not to stay with him, and he reincarnates her in the body of a newborn baby, telling her that she will always be welcome in the dreaming, in any form that she chooses. And this story ends with Lucifer Morningstar without his wings, sitting on a beach, grudgingly admiring the sunset that God has provided for the day. Just a fitting end to the story. So this one was an absolute joy to listen to, The Sandman Act 2. Michael Sheen is fantastic as Lucifer. His interactions with James McAvoy's Morpheus in the title role of Dream is also wonderful. And to read revisit the 30th anniversary edition of this Vertigo comic was spectacular. In particular, you have an introduction by Patton Oswalt to this one. He is extremely knowledgeable on comics and really pays great tribute to this story. And also, the foreword originally in this graphic novel was done by none other than Harlan Ellison. And it is a tour de force. Just the forward alone in establishing the brilliance, having a fellow writer commenting on the season of Miss and how Neil Gaiman has masterfully woven an incredible story steeped in myth and legend. I find it hard to come up with a current day peer to Neil Gaiman as it relates to his mastery of telling myth and weaving lore and legend. He really is a fantastic student. I'm certain he has studied Joseph Campbell and he's also gone back to source material, the Prosetta in particular, and his Norse mythology book is absolutely spectacular and all of these elements come to fruition here in this tale season of miss so i would love 
to hear from you once you've had the opportunity to listen to The Sandman Act 2, this audio drama, and specifically Seasons of Mist, and read along in that graphic novel. There is a wind that blows between the worlds. This is not a place, after all. It is between places. Don't do anything stupid. And when you see him, tell him I miss him. You knew me when I was an angel. What was I like? 